Witness, dear readers, a strange new world as we face the ruin of a world without Chris's on infinite Earths. Hey, what are you thinking for dinner tonight? Hmm, maybe some Thai food? Ooh, sounds good. Marvel at a universe where everything is twisted on its head. Whether you even recognize familiar heroes in a world without Chris's on infinite Earths. Oh, hey, Christy, what are you doing on the computer? Just doing a little shopping. Oh, you're not editing a podcast? What? No, that would be silly. What do you want to do after the boys go to bed? Oh, we could catch up on The Witcher. In this world gone wrong, left is right, up is down, and all that which you find familiar has become too strange to comprehend. How will we survive a world without Chris's on infinite Earths? Oh, hey, do you want to talk about comics? Nah. I'm Christina Edelman. And I'm Chris Edelman. And this is Chris's on Infinite Earths. The podcast where nothing will ever be the same. Welcome, readers, to our one-shot episode covering a world without Chris... No, oh, wait, no, no, no. <laughs> a world without young justice. Uh, I've, I've read all five issues of this. It does not contain young justice. It doesn't? It's a world without him. But they come back at the end. Mm, but it says it's a world without them. And they're like still in the issues. Look, it still calls it a world without Young Justice. And Obviously, Young Justice isn't there, Christy. There's still a group that calls themselves Young Justice. It's a world without Young Justice. Okay. Zero Young Justice. Maybe maybe the Justice is like, maybe it's like a mid a middle-aged Justice of sorts. So you're saying they all got older in this? Did I miss that part? I'm just saying it's not young justice. What else would you call it? Baby justice? Teen justice? Why why are we changing like the the adjective there? We could be changing the noun. We could be changing justice. Okay, what if there was a comic called Young Injustice though? <laughs> young Injustice? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a comic called Injustice. So I, I feel like this follows. Yeah, young injustice. Mm-hmm. Or young and justice. And there are two characters. <laughs> Named young and justice. <laughs> One of them, though, is actually just the psychologist. <laughs> young? Like Jungian archetypes? Okay, that was like too <laughs> deep a cut for me. It is late on a Saturday. You can't you can't just switch like homophones there with on me. It's 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 young, mm-hmm. and then also Victoria Justice from Victorious. Is it? Was her name Victoria Justice? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm going well, real. I don't know. <laughs> My brain is not following your connection. Now I want to know if there's someone in the world <laughs> named Victoria Justice. Oh, I'm sure there is. I don't know anything about the show Victorious. I, your siblings watched it occasionally when we were like very early dating. I have no memory of this you don't, or this it show. Wasn't a, it was some Nickelodeon show or something. Yes, Victoria Justice is a real person. And, and not just she Nic- was on the sitcom Victorious. Look at me. I just pulled that from the ether. <laughs> wow. I Okay. Yeah. Chris has won this episode of the podcast. <laughs> we took Re- it in a weird direction. Readers, I didn't. 
I, you guys have never known this, but we keep tally marks here <laughs> at Chris's and who wins the episode. <laughs> the five draws have been really contentious. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, this this Chris took it took it here. Anyway, this we've never like like we've never covered Young Justice in the slightest on this podcast. Mm-mm. I even like I think the closest would be Infinite Crisis. Do you remember the Crisis where Superboy fought Superboy Prime? Yes, I think that's like the like sort of a nebulous end of Young Justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was tough for me getting into because i don't know young justice so to go into a comic that's like oh let's turn the world on its head where young justice isn't quite what it normally is and i'm like (laughs) i don't know what it normally is (laughs) who are these people (laughs) which of these is a good guy (laughs) the whole time this was a bad guy okay (laughs) Uh, well i think before we get too much further into the the nuances of of justice that is youthful. Maybe we should hit that summary. Yeah, summary. Before we get into the credits of these issues, several of them were edited by Eddie Berganza, but I didn't want to mention him in the middle of this, but some of them were edited by him. Eddie Berganza is an incredibly accused sexual harasser and has since been fired by DC. Just wanted to get that out of the way so we could just not have him keep popping up while I was doing the summary. Young Justice number 44, written by Peter David, penciled by Todd Nock, inked by Larry Stucker, colored by Jason Wright in Digital Chameleon, lettered by Ken Lopez, and edited by Tom Palmer Jr. Jason Todd, uh, wait, he's supposed to be dead, wanders through Happy Harbor before finding Young Justice. He explains to the team that he feels like he's supposed to be dead, and he suspects the circus he and his parents belong to is secretly run by Killer Croc. Oh, by the way, Young Justice is suddenly Arrowette, Secret, who is Billy Hayes in this world rather than his sister, and Wonder Girl, who gets her powers from Dionysus rather than Zeus. Jason explains how he thinks his parents are trying to off him based on him learning too much, but he also doesn't drink Cassie's wine. She gets mad at him, Secret tries to calm her down, and then suddenly a strange apparition appears of the normal young Justice's foe, Bedlam. Jason runs away. Back at the circus, Jason's parents discuss how to kill him, and they visit the (sighs) voodoo priestess. This universe's version of Empress, And she says she'll totally kill him as she has some of his stuff because the two of them are dating. Very messed up. As Secret tries to console Jason, which doesn't work well because Secret is a ghost and is scary, Jason suddenly feels a great deal of pain as the voodoo priestess stabs at a doll of him. Secret tries to assist, but is again distracted by a bedlam apparition, and poor Jason dies. Young Justice decides to get revenge. They go to the circus, burning the whole place down and freeing the circus animals, who absolutely trample Jason's crappy parents. Oh, also Voodoo Priestess wants to join the team, weird. However, out of nowhere, yet another apparition appears, Impulse, who begs for help in solving this bedlam problem. Impulse 85, written by Todd DeZago, penciled by Carlo Barbary, inked by Walden Wong, colored by Tom McCraw, lettered by Janice Chang, edited by Joey Cavallari. 
Inside an old abandoned theme park, Bart Allen awakens as his little impulse scouts are running around. He's locked in a little energy cage and a big hammer keeps whomping him, which causes another little scout to pop out. He notices a bunch of random items around him as well as Bedlam. Bedlam explains his plan of forcing impulse to make his little time-traveling scouts, and Bedlam uses his vast powers to control them. They're messing with time to prevent young justice from ever existing, but also making impulse appear to to be a terrible villain. One of the scouts who is meant to bring Impulse's costume brings Kid Flash's instead. When Bedlam isn't looking, Bart sends his own scout to figure out Bedlam's current deal. We get a recap of Bedlam. He was chosen to act as a conduit for an ancient Atlantean spirit, but was defeated by Young Justice, and the spirit turned itself into a human being. The energy of the spirit, though, went to where it was most familiar, the comatose Matthew. Poof, now he has all of the power again and wants to take it out on our heroes. Impulse tries to free himself from the position under the hammer, but the box moves with him. Bedlam notices this and taunts Impulse again, reminding the young speedster the box is magic. Impulse theorizes the magic only keeps impulse inside and he sends a scout to grab that kid flash costume he puts it on and this somehow allows him to escape to find the rest of young justice so he runs into someone that surprises him robin 101 written by john lewis penciled by rebecca woods inked by andrew pipoy colored by noel giddings and digital chameleon lettered by willie schubert edited by michael wright and matt idelson Okay, this one got a little bit strange, but... Tim Drake wakes up after being knocked out by Batman and decides to go grab some chow in the city, where he finds an old opera house that has some food, but also kind of an open mic night. Honestly, it doesn't matter much of this story, but it's important to note that Stephanie Brown, wondering where he is, tails him to the place and watches him interacting with some of the folks here. But poof, the world changes. Tim Drake has been kidnapped by brainwashed priestoids, where he's going to be placed into some scary machine. Batman and Robin, who in this world is Stephanie, but with the same supervillain dad origin, save him and the brainwashed people. Tim is eating dinner at a diner with his parents, where he sees an impulse scout running around. He's rather curious because he keeps seeing those little impulse scouts. Later, he sees one put a little machine in a tree in his yard. He looks at the machine, which shows an image of Bedlam. He notices, though, that if he walks one way, the image gets clearer, and he starts off in that direction. The world gets real weird and Dr. Susie around him until Impulse pops out. He explains the situation to Tim and Tim starts to remember real reality. He asks Impulse how he escaped Bedlam's because he's going to go in the same way. He enters the building, which looks completely different now, and also sees someone who surprises him. Superboy number 99, written by Dan DiDio and Jimmy Palmiotti, penciled by Anthony Williams, inked by Walden Wong, colored by Jason Wright in Digital Chameleon, lettered by Comicraft, and edited by Mike McAvaney. Connor Kent does some work around his apartment complex, but as he goes back to his room, suddenly things are different. He's kind of a normal scrawny dude, and there's a version of Doomsday suddenly called Doomsboy who's a bit more of an anti-hero with Conal, Connor in this world, as his brother. We get an origin story. Instead of cloning Superman after his death with his powers, the Cadmus guys cloned Doomsday instead. They still kept the Superman clone, but he has none of Superman's powers, and instead Doomsboy is a superhero who is 
a little bit more willing to kill. Conal, who snuck in an energy weapon, zaps Doomsboy and tries to remind him of their legacy as Superman's successors. Doomsboy rages as he hates being compared to Superman, and suddenly a little Impulse clone shows up. Doomsboy kills the clone, shocking Conal. Impulse feels one of his clones perish and leaves Tim at the amusement park, rushing to find the clone. The U.S. military is also after Doomsboy, and the clone goes wild, wrecking a helicopter and smashing stuff in the street. Bedlam appears to taunt Conal right as Impulse comes in. Doomsboy follows. Doomsboy fights Impulse, who summons all of his scouts, which run in a circle and cause Doomsboy to fall through the floor. Impulse absorbs his scouts and takes Conal back to the amusement park. The trio meet, finally, and Conal gets the lowdown on their bedlam situation before we get another surprised you moment at the end. Young Justice number 45, written by Peter David, penciled by Todd Nock, inked by Larry Stucker, colored by Jason Wright and Digital Chameleon, lettered by Ken Lopez, and edited by Tom Palmer Jr. The Young Justice team of this world suddenly realize that Impulse needs their help while they're hanging out at dinner, and decide to go off and do that. Secret, however, thinks this is a dumb idea and tells them he might catch up later. Bedlam finds out that the Impulse in his cage is a scout imposter, and he sneaks a peek at Tim, Bart, and Connor, who are scheming to stop Bedlam. He seems unimpressed with their efforts, as he has some plans for them. He also laments how Young Justice stopped his plans for a world without grown-ups in the past. Secret is met by Bedlam, who shows him how, in the real world, he's a mean old villain and that Young Justice wants to get back to this world. He agrees to help Bedlam to prevent this. The Young Justice ladies show up back at the circus, where a Bart clone appears to help take them to the boys. They all reunite and get the full situation. They invade Bedlam's lair, where it is found out that Doomsboy and Secret are assisting him. The tussles, they happen, but Cassie figures out Impulse could send out a scout to prevent the magical energy from hitting Bedlam. Impulse attempts to do so, but Bedlam keeps nabbing all the scouts. Impulse does, however, find Red Tornado, their theoretical adult guardian, but oops, instead it's the original Red Tornado, a lady named Ma Hunkle. Funny joke. Anyway, she distracts Bedlam enough for Impulse to do the thing, and reality goes back to normal, except that Impulse accidentally absorbed all the magic energy and is now huge. The end, I guess. All right, Christy, what did you think of this this crossover? I want to get out of the way up front some of the things that were really distasteful. Sure. It, there was a lot of fat phobic jokes. In this throughout, because Cassie is um, is Dionysusy instead, which means she's like supposed to be like hedonistic. So she's like drinking and eating a bunch, and they make a lot of you need a snack jokes and stuff. Right, right. A lot of a lot of fat jokes are made. They call her like a blimp, and yeah, it's it's just not it's not good. So this is me mentioning that now that I find it like it, it's it's bad. It didn't need to be done, mm-hmm. and now I've said it going to move on from that. Okay. But I think this is a really fun event if you know and like Young Justice. <laughs> um, I thought the whole voodoo priestess thing was a little wild. Yes, that that was also not great. She, They literally like... <laughs> they gave her like a an accent that she only has when she is... Like in the tent? Kind of? Yes. It is real. Like they try to make her seem Jamaican. Kind mm-hmm. of. Now, the way that Peter David does this is she says mon a bunch. Mm. And like they literally, it's like he watched like 
like uh, some Miss Cleo stuff from 2002, which was when this came out. And he's like, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I don't understand why she like, is that a, a bit that she does as part of like I don't circus act? I don't know. It it, it kind of comes and goes. <laughs> and it's and, it's. It well, just it's, reads it's, real weird. It's only in that first issue. She yeah, doesn't she does do not it. do it later. Mm-hmm. Granted, she doesn't talk much after that first issue. And why was she so down to kill Jason Todd? I don't know. Because and Jason's like, oh, my, this is like a thing that my girlfriend gave me. Like, and there's only she... two of these in the world. I made them myself. One's for me, one's for my girlfriend. And like, did did he cheat on her or something? Like, is there some reason that she'd be like yeah totally down to kill my boyfriend i don't know that first issue was somewhat incomprehensible to me in that i was like okay they're working with killer croc cool makes sense that's he's going to young justice i guess this lady who's a version of empress who's wearing a snake and nothing else just wants to kill him and is totally willing to do it for free or whatever Okay. Oh, I guess he's dead now. Okay, now this version of Young Justice goes to get revenge, and suddenly she's joining the team even though they know that she killed him. Right. They know that she killed him. Because it's remarkable. And she's like totally like, oh, it's neat that you killed all these people and burned down the circus, so I'm going to join you. Like, it is bizarre. I assumed that there was maybe some context beyond... What's in this issue that maybe may- helped it make sense, but I it, it does not. It does not. Yeah, a lot of these definitely seem like a like you should have been. It's tough for us as people who are not reading these as they're coming out to fully mm-hmm. contextualize everything. Right. I think the things that kind of made them well, the Young Justice stuff. Like I had to go and look up a lot of these characters because mm-hmm. I'm just not a Young Justice person. I'm like, okay, is Arrow at a new character? No, she is. Different character, but she's a little bit darker in this version. She literally like has like a like a ch- chain gun or something at one yes. point. And I was like, okay, I don't know secret at all. Okay, this guy isn't meant to be secret. He is he is a super villain, but his sister is secret. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I know Cassie. I know that Cassie is Wonder Girl. That's a thing I know and understand. Sweet, I can do that. Um, and I knew Impulse. Mm-hmm. Impulse is Bart Allen. He is a descendant of Barry Allen's from, like, the far future. Oh. Who comes to our time and does teen stuff. Mm. Okay. I like Impulse a lot in that, to me, he is, he's kind of exemplary of if a teenager was a speedster. Mm-hmm. Like, he's got, like, a motor mouth. He, like, is kind of twitchy. He's, like, kind of silly. He's got floppy hair. He's very floppy hair. It's, like... It's all over the place. He looks like an anime character a he little does. bit. He does. He looks like Sora from Kingdom Hearts, kind of. Mm, yeah, his feet would need to be bigger, but they, yeah. They got huge feet in Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. Some of their shoes look like they have Legos on them. I don't understand it. It's okay. <sighs> shoes. Let's get some shoes. <laughs> Your enemy. Your enemy shoes. These shoes rule. <laughs> These shoes suck. And I, Okay, so, and then I knew Superboy, because yeah. I know a little bit more about Superman, but like the very, the intricacies, like I'd never heard of Empress. I had to, I was like, okay, is Voodoo Priestess an actual character? Cause I've never heard of her. <laughs> no, she is not. She is normally called Empress. Right. But she has a similar power set, but it's a little bit less like, I don't know, cringy. <laughs> right. Right. I, the snake was fun. I, I don't know where the snake went. Mm-hmm. 
that that was a fun little bit. You know how in the last episode we talked about Peter David plots that make you upset? Yeah. He writes Young Justice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I kind of, I like Todd Knox art in general. I think it's better now than it was at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I watch, he does a lot of like how to draw YouTube videos that I've watched a lot of. And okay. I like his, his modern stuff. This is very 2002. I do like that to me, the way he draws teens, I'm like, okay, this looks like a, this is a small person. It, it like, mm-hmm. to me, that kind of makes sense. So I, I at least like, like the, I like the Todd Knox stuff. Mm-hmm. Although it, he does make like every, everybody's kind of small. That's kind of interesting. I'm trying to Kind of small? I need you to- Like, Bedlam's like a little guy. But granted, he's just like a little guy. Yeah, like, he's Mm -hmm. clearly not an adult. Yeah, so so I think he does a good job on that. But I was trying to remember if he drew, like, the adults, like, looking little to me, but I don't think so. There there just weren't, like, a ton of adults in this. There were, like, Jason's parents who were down to murder him. So weird. I get. I can't. Why is everybody so willing to kill Jason? <laughs> Jason, he's just not meant to be here. <laughs> I do love that Jason taught. This was before he was like fully resurrected. Um, so he was, and he'd been like dead for a while. So this was like a little, like almost like cameo Easter egg. And I'm like, boy, you bring is, him is back. Is that why they kept saying again. his name? Jason Todd. Jason Todd, the man with two first names. <laughs> <sighs> I uh, I enjoyed the impulse issue. I thought that was kind of... That one was, like, so necessary because it basically, like, explained the whole thing. Right, right. I, I like the art in it. That was uh, Barberi? Is that how you say? Yeah. Yeah. Barberi and Wong and Macraw. A lot of digital chameleon colors. That particular studio was really well rep- represented in this... Uh... <laughs> This crossover. Uh, they did think- everything but the impulse issue. That mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the impulse issue actually seemed to make the most sense within the context of the story. And I think it's probably because the majority of the issue was spent like in this current reality. Whereas in the Robin and the Superboy issues, we get like intro in oh, the world hasn't switched over yet. We get a little bit of their characters. Yeah. And that yeah. goes on for way too long in Robin. You they, like you can tell which comics really wanted to play ball with this event. event. I feel like a lot of these events are sort of forced upon people, and you can tell who is irritated about it. I, I say that. You, you cannot always tell, and a lot of times you can never tell, the actual motivations of the authors, and it is foolish to try. But it reads to me like the Robin one was like, boy, I do not actually really want to do this event. I'm going to do the teen drama that I really wanted to do Mm -hmm. as a writer of Robin. So a lot of it is this very like, like Robin at the open mic. It it just reminded me of like, are Tim and Stephanie dating? I think they're kind of a like, will they, won't they? But I could, I could be wrong. Yeah, It read to me like they're a will. Stalking your crush is totally normal, Stephanie. <laughs> it's very teenaged though, right? Right. Even even all the like text thought bubbles are written like a dear diary entry. <laughs> they I'm are, just and like... I had trouble reading them. I have to because it'll probably never kept, come up again in our podcast. I have to I have to pick a bone. I have mm-hmm. a bone to pick. Okay. I hate cursive lettering in comics. Because yeah. everybody's cursive is different for the most part. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like print is very standardized. And sometimes it is hard to read particular people's cursive. It's like re- it's like if I have to read a full page of somebody's signatures. 
but they're writing like different words. Mm-hmm. This is re- why I don't write you love letters. <laughs> <laughs> you would have to read cursive. <laughs> I can read your cursive. I'm used to it. But like, so there, there is like an acclaimed comic. It is a four part comic series. It's not superheroes. It's called November. Mm-hmm. It is written by Matt Fraction, and the yes. art is by Elsa uh, Charitier. Mm-hmm. Love Elsa's art. I yes. basically read it for Elsa's art. The entire thing is in cursive. Like 30 pages of cursive. And it was so, it took me so long to read that by the end of the first volume, I'm like, I'm exhausted. I can't, I can't do this anymore. Well, Christopher, somebody in fifth grade had their teacher tell them that in middle school and in high school and the rest of their lives, they would only be able to write in cursive. And they took their fifth grade teacher at their word. (laughs) How much did your fifth grade teacher tell the truth? I mean, I, I really only instance. remember that the, the cursive. Oh, yeah. The, the, mm. I, I had to in middle school because of, you know. Because your middle school was the same as. It, it, was, it was the same the, school. Yeah. <laughs> High school, I feel like they were suddenly like, I don't care how you write. In mm-hmm. in college, they were like, I really don't care how you write. And I think in some classes were like, please don't make me read your cursive. And as an adult, in my jobs where I have to do official documentation, mm-hmm. cursive is only for signatures. They're like, absolutely don't write in cursive. Right. So it is hilarious to me. But anyway, the the little I, I liked the it did look like a teen girl cursive. So I could like tell that it was supposed to be likely Stephanie. Right. But like that bit was so, so strange and that he's, he's like, oh, Batman knocked me out. I'm going to go get and I'm like, why did Batman knock him out? And then he's like, I deserved it. And then it was like, see Batman 600. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I think this takes place slightly around No Man's Land, which is after, and I could be wrong, but there is, there's a big Batman event where an earthquake like devastated Gotham and Mm -hmm. like the government abandoned it. And so Mm -hmm. it was basically like post-apocalypse, but just for Gotham. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this, this is somewhat in that time period because there's a lot of rubble everywhere still. Right. Right. And this is 2002, right? Mm -hmm. So... Abandoned building, teenage open mic night, like, absolutely seems like 2002. Like, so much. Like, a thing that did not actually happen anywhere, but was, like, really a vibe that was sought. Now, did you get some, like, flashbacks to even though we didn't do open... Well, I didn't do open mic nights in high school. I did open mic nights. In high school? Yeah. We had a coffee shop that had open mic nights. In your town? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, Picasso's coffee shop. We would do open mic nights. Um, I well, I the guy that I dated, his band would play at the open mic nights. Oh, gotcha. Mm-hmm. What well, anyway, you and I did open mic nights in college? Yes, I did open mic nights there too. Yeah, and uh, I I would say that it's like that was that was kind of a regular hangout for us. Yeah, the vibe I understand, and that they're like. Well, so and so is is here with so and so, and oh, they're talking again, and oh, where are we going afterwards? And yeah, that was that was like that was high school. <laughs> that was high school for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> but that that part did feel very authentic, even though I'm like, I don't know if these characters matter again. There was a lot of talk about Tim staring at a singer, and I don't think the singer is actually shown. no. Everybody is like really like into the singer and like stephanie is like remarking on ugh, ugh, when they're looking at me. <laughs> <Ugh."> 
Yeah, but we don't see her, and then the right. world changes, and then Stephanie is suddenly Robin. She just has the exact same sort of origin story, though, which is that she finds out her dad is a supervillain, and then her dad tries to kill her. Right. That happens in the normal universe. Mm. It's just in, in this, instead, she's Robin. Which seems really cool. I like this. I think, I think people have said to you before, and I think you would enjoy the Stephanie Brown Batgirl stories, because she is Batgirl. Mm-hmm. I do like that Tim Drake in this universe... So, Tim Drake's deal in the main universe is he just... He's Batman's neighbor somehow, or Bruce Wayne's neighbor. Right. Does not make sense to me, because Bruce Wayne lives on property, but whatever. Mm-hmm. And he is a smart kid, mm-hmm. and deduces by his smart kidness that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Right. And he becomes Robin. It all, I don't think it's quite blackmail, but... <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, I like in this universe that he still knows that. Right. Mm-hmm. He's just like, oh, I shouldn't have, shouldn't have let that one slip. And then his parents feel so bad that he got kidnapped by supervillains that they keep taking him to his favorite restaurants all week. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> the rest of the issue is, like, very hard for me to comprehend. What's with the Dr. Seuss stuff? Right. Nobody else encounters that. Because is, is it supposed to be, like, time moving or like changing i don't know we don't actually know where bedlam is hiding out he's hiding out in like a little amusement park which feels very scooby-doo <laughs> oh was that where he was I, it was supposed to be in like an abandoned funhouse thing but then there's like later something that just looks like a building like right. an apartment building well, he says it's a castle I think it's a castle at an amusement park. I don't know. <laughs> and he he shapes the castle with his whim, his okay, well, will. Then, then it, like, I don't know. It changes. <sighs> Why did I think so hard about that just now? Bedlam's whole it. like power deal is basically like reality warping. Like he can do whatever he wants, mm. and he could just kill Young Justice, but instead he wants to change it because he thinks that that's more interesting. No. I don't want to cure cancer. I just <laughs> want to turn people dinosaurs. <laughs> I just want to hit you with a mallet a bunch of times until stuff comes out. It makes Bart out like to me. It definitely makes sense that Peter David wrote X Factor because that is the most like like multiple man thing of because multiple man's whole deal is he turns kinetic energy into another one of him. Mm. Multiple man from X Men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is literally that. Right. I didn't understand why hitting impulse with a hammer would cause it's because a little dude to come out. For some reason, that is just stuck in Peter David's head. You, do you think if Pe- when Peter David trips, he looks to make sure it was like a, not another one of him? <laughs> Peter David comes back from a carnival and is like, babe, that blow up hammer. Babe. Babe. <laughs> Let's make multiple Peters. <laughs> yeah, it's a... Uh... It's something. But I, I'm i sorry, that was probably too harsh, but... Was it? Was it? <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so that, that's the Robin issue. I, I, I loved the Superboy issue, because I felt like that one really did the turn a thing on its head in a fun way. Mm-hmm. The Robin one was very, like, boy, I don't want to do this, so I'm going to make it, like, as easy as possible, which is, like, that you just, Tim is normal. I'm going to write the issue that I wanted to write, and then I'm going to throw in a few pages of everything's wild. I also did not dig the Robin art. Yeah. Um, And maybe that was just a cool, evocative of its time thing. It just felt very flat to me. It was flat, which is interesting, because it's still colored by Digital Chameleon, who did a lot of the other. I think maybe it, I'm sorry. I think it maybe would have been a better fit for just like a different comic. It just 
didn't wasn't didn't feel superhero-y to me and didn't like the punches were not dynamic like not interestingly framed they just felt i mean i need i need adam wreck to give me the words to describe why i don't like this art is what i need but like a there's a panel of on- batman punching and it just the angles look slightly off and i don't get that sense of impact that you want to get a lot of it to me that art read as if it was i think the bits where people were talking were really were pretty good mm-hmm. and that it was like oh this is this is this art style is very good at having these different looking characters interacting right. with each other it didn't seem like art befitting a superhero comic though no the the you're right the action was weird batman looked like he had like like he he was like mostly chin i felt like i mean is that bad i don't know (laughs) but you're right and then like the punches were like a very like Mm -hmm. just kind of thrown as like the 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 action angles were not very dynamic Mm -hmm. i feel like that's a lot of what makes things cool in superhero comics is these like is is like ang- is angles. Mm-hmm. I like that it lacked depth. It lacked um. What do you call it? It was like it was like playing Force a, perspective. Yeah, it was like playing a Super Nintendo game and like a beat 'em up, and you just see the poo poo. We're really trying to have the right art words here. <laughs> so bad at it. <laughs> we're just we're just grasp. I, hey, I'm proud of us. <laughs> I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you too. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny how this is all wrapped up in a way where impulse didn't actually need anybody else <laughs> if he would have just sent that scout to at the beginning to instead instead of he learning somebody things somebody else to have the idea he tells you at the beginning i am not the good p- at thinking i shouldn't be the one to think here i i do things i don't think i don't come up with the solution i do like at least that 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 was like a good way to explain it because at some point cassie was just like why don't we just do this and everybody's like even the villains are like, can he yeah, do that? No, yeah, I think he could do he that. He could probably do that. <laughs> no. I liked the, the in the Superboy issue. Uh, I liked the Dooms Boy concept. I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the idea of like we need a new Superman, but instead of cloning Superman, we're going to clone the dude who killed Superman. But they also cloned Superman. To and be he, fair. But he doesn't get powers. <laughs> but it doesn't explain why, except that like. Uh, like the research looks like it got interrupted somehow. Mm-hmm. Like the one of the Bart clones like grabs like a clipboard or something. <laughs> <laughs> that was strange. Oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> and Doom's boy is like a celebrity. Kind of, yeah. Like he's got like he's got he does he he and he extorts people, <laughs> right? <laughs> like he demands money. <laughs> right, right. Like hey, I've been protecting the town. Uh... <laughs> Fork it over. But it, it it is weird to me that he feels like a he is like at the beginning he's a celebrity, but then like in six pages the army is coming after him. Right? It it doesn't, it doesn't I don't, quite hold up. I know. I don't want to. I don't want to f- solely be the like cinema sins form of critique where you just point out flaws and things. But it was. It's just. It's hard for me not to notice that sort of deal. And I don't. I don't feel like I'm nitpicking. It just, some of it felt, this crossover to me felt a little disjointed at times. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it was, was fun. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I think a lot of the individual stuff was fun. I thought the Superboy stuff was really fun, but I loved the concept of Doom's Boy. Mm-hmm. The- I love the contrast of, uh, Connor's personality with, uh, Conal's 
personality. Like, we've got, like, the, the cocky, you know, self-assured Connor who, like, you can see him in, when the fight breaks out, just, like, covering his head and he's, you know, kind of shy and awkward. He's, and, like, a little nerd. Yeah. It is literally almost like if you had to contrast, like, Superman and Clark Kent's personalities. It is. That's exactly what it is. Uh, except that, like, Superboy is a lot, like, more punky and cool than Superman. He, right. like, answers the phone from, from a police detective, and he's like, Turpin, my man. <laughs> Which is something. <laughs> What's funny is his voice, by the time Infinite Crisis rolls around, is, like, completely different. I feel like his Infinite crisis era, and maybe that's just Jeff Johns, is, is, like, real, like, gosh golly G. As opposed to, like, in this, he's he's, like, a real, he's real, like, if... Superman was a teen in the 90s and was like a little Bart Simpson y. Yeah. 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 He he's kind of too cool for everything. Yeah. He has like a, a like a drink with an umbrella in it at the start and he's like, I gotta do all this work, but it's the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, vibe. <laughs> like I get it. Yeah. Uh, but uh it's all kind of wrapped up neatly, except that that it, it, it like Bart is giant at the end of it. Right. But, like, he's just he's just real powerful now, and that's going to be fine. Also, does Bedlam just get to have a nice normal life? Uh, no, I think they just put him back in a coma. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they made it so that the energy never hit him in the very first place. Oh, that would be great, but that <laughs> wasn't <know>. my impression. <laughs> Young Justice just putting people back in comas. Also, like, what's the ethics behind killing doom's boy by put in and secret by putting the world right like is secret bad for just wanting to exist i mean secret exists he's just bad and he the good secret wanted to be he just good. wanted to exist he wanted to stay good yeah i just i i just wonder about that there's an episode of um star trek voyager where due to a transporter accident Neelix and Tuvok accidentally fuse together and become a new person named Tuvix, who is his own person. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the episode, Catherine Janeway, the captain of the Voyager, decides she is going to separate him back to make the people mm -hmm. that existed before him. Mm -hmm. And he literally like begs for his life the entire time. And people are like, Janeway killed somebody. Again, these are morals for something that cannot happen in real world, but right. it, it, it definitely spawns some debates. I mean, I feel like you can apply a lot of today's ethics to the, that situation. Like, um, pro-choice, you know, rhetoric and logic of even even if it's, you know, saving somebody's life, you can't be forced to donate an organ or you mm. can't be you can't be forced to have your body used to trail to do that so i feel like that same logic applied to that scenario see but he he is he is a, his own being who has decision making power over himself mm -hmm. anyway we, we do not have to get into the two vix debate plenty of people have it just remind this reminded me of that about like mm-hmm what is what is the what is the morality? But like, I mean, that's like things like House of M. What's the morality of literally unmaking an entire universe? Right. So I mean, mm. 
I don't. I don't know. I feel like superheroes have their own uh, morality. We have laws. no law to fit your crime. <laughs> but I, I feel like what what is what is Secret's actual name? Uh, I, it's like harm or something. Well, he had his shot in the in the real world, and yes, in an alternate reality where lots of other people's lives have were impacted in a negative way, he made different choices. But he still had the opportunity to make all of those choices. That's true. In the other reality. Mm-hmm. Oh, what did you think at the end of the little the little gag where instead of getting the right red tornado, they get Ma Hunkle, who is- I love Ma Hunkle. It was great. Ma Hunkle is older than the robot red tornado. She was in like very early comics as like a grandma who dressed up like that and fought crime. It's great. I love it. It was my favorite part. <laughs> okay, that's good to know. <laughs> I like that she doesn't quite understand what's happening. She's just like, someone called me and I will beat up this child. It's great. I love it. I will smack a large child. It's great. You're right. It's 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 phenomenal. All right. Well, we have a a very small amount of Twitter questions. Uh, we did forget to mention in the beginning that this is a Patreon requested episode. Mm-hmm. Requested by Christopher Glennon, who is our only question asker this week. We did ask for questions a little bit late. Uh, Young Justice, though, I feel like is so outside of our normal audience's wheelhouse. Right. <laughs> Other than apparently uh, Christopher. And we also have another Young Justice uh, crossover coming up. Oddly, mm. we're just being packed in at the last six mm. months of our of our mm. lifespan. Well, anyway, Christopher Glennon at Chris L. Glennon asks, which DC hero legacy or family, Superman family, Bat family, etc., is your favorite? Mm. I like the Bat family the best because there's so many of them. And I think that a lot of them are interesting and fun in their own little ways. Yeah. Uh, considering one of my first ongoing titles was Batgirl. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. I also have a spot, soft spot for all the flashes, but I don't know enough about them. I need to read more. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. There's someone named Jesse Quick, which is a great name. Oh, that is good. Yep, Jesse Quick. I'm thinking about Nest Quick. Now I'm thinking about hot chocolate. I don't know how I got there, but you said Jesse Quick, and I'm like, I need hot chocolate. Right now. <laughs> right Post now. Post-haste. <laughs> well, Christy, if you want to get to hot chocolate, I think we're going to have to get into our accolades. Accolades. Chrissy, what's the best line in this crossover? So, my best line comes from Ma Uncle, yes. who says, You, you overgrown brat, I ought to womp you to Jersey and back. You need a good old-fashioned horse whipping is what you need. <laughs> so, mine comes from Cassie, who they are talking about the how Killer Croc is in a picture with... <laughs> Jason Todd's parents, and it says, like... You're like, the best employees, Casey. Casey, and she says, yeah, I don't think there's much chance of Casey referring to the lead singer of the Sunshine Band. I liked that a lot. You would. <laughs> of course I would. Uh, so, the greatest hero is Impulse, right? Yeah, he solved everything. Mm-hmm. Good job. Daily Double, hit it, Matt D. Wilson. What's your coolest moment? Uh, my coolest moment was the very ending panel where Impulse is huge. <laughs> I was like, oh, I love this cliffhanger. It's, it's, a, it's, large, great. it's, it's a, a large boy. It's a large boy. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, my coolest moment is the bit 
right before this where that the the scout goes back in time and we get kind of the radial panels that is of very changing. cool art yeah. mm-hmm. all right are you ready to get into the crusher creel award for silly villainy absolutely there's a lot of silly villainy happening this is possibly a crossover that is fully silly villainy yes yes so bethlam when talking to secret says not to go all darth vader on you but search your feelings you know it's true when he's trying to convince secret to turn to the dark side i like that bethlam calls it the dark side it is interesting to me when villains are like no turn evil evil is great i'm evil he's like okay these heroes want to go back to a timeline or to a reality where you're a bad guy. So you need to become a bad guy to stop them from making you a bad guy. Yeah. Like, just the mental gymnastics required. Stop thinking about it. To make that argument possible was just so silly. All right. What did you give your Crusher Creole Award for Silly Villainy to? Mine was Voodoo Priestess doing a murder and then joining some superheroes. Yeah, that... I, I still, like, I cannot fathom why they were like, sure, you're the one who actually killed him, but y- you can join up with us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, she wasn't even like, oh, they forced me to do it. She's just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it was so strange. Okay, so our next accolade, I'm kind of excited about my pick for, for this, but this is our key of C accolade, which is the moment that we feel that would be most enhanced by a musical number. Mm-hmm. But my key of C specifically goes to Cassie, mm-hmm. who they wanted to make Wonder Girl different by, instead of getting powers from Zeus, getting powers from Dionysus, and by extension, the whole, oh, fat thing, fat jokes, and she eats a lot. Underage drinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I feel like if we were going to switch it up to Dionysus, we could have leaned into that in an, an entirely different way, because as... As we all know, mm-hmm. the practice of theater in the European tradition mm. began with religious worship of Dionysus. How about that? So I posit that Cassie could have been a fantastic musical theater performer and still still could have had all that lovely jiggle, but... That that not be the thing that, like, people poke fun at all the time, just that she was, like, over-the-top dramatic and, like, sang and performed everything. Love that. I... That's so outside the box, Christy. I really like it. You I do. think it's good. It is good. hmm mm-hmm. So, mine, I think we could have had a cool, like, several reprise song of, the ch- of like, the, the new origin stories. Mm-hmm. And we could even get, like, a fun bit with, like... With like a spotlight and a chase of 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 like impulse clones in the background, like changing mm-hmm. something. I thought that would have been a fun reprise number. I like it. We or even like even like several songs with like one little motif mm. in the middle of each one mm-hmm. or something. I thought that would have been fun. Thinking very musically theatery. As as we are meant to with that accolade, <laughs> it's true. Christopher. Full name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The I will go down with this ship accolade could be platonic or romantic. Um, and mine is kind of a weird one. Sure, go for it. Uh, but it it's Connor and his landlord with the mullet. They did seem to have a fun <laughs> bro down. Yeah. Like, 
Uh, his landlord is like, hands all over her might be a wetter way to put it, right, Soups? Uh, and he's like, Cooper, dude, how many times do I have to tell you my interest in her is strictly professional? And he's like, yeah, if your profession's dating beautiful psychos. And I'm like, this is how my friends, like, this is how we talk to each other. And I love this. I love this friendship they've got here. <laughs> so mine is Stephanie and Tim, because I found it kind of like cutesy teenaged. Oh. You're like, gross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's very Riverdale, that that teen drama. Yeah, really, really shipping the the girl that that socks her boyfriend and wonders about the other girls that he's talking to. Maybe she was worried about his safety at first. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and our final accolade: the goodest hit. Uh, Bart getting walloped with a mallet every time. I love it. It oh, okay. is a giant comical cartoon mallet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Specifically the one where he's like, what's causing this? Walk <laughs> It is very good. It is very good. Uh, my goodest hit I gave um, when Doom's boy uh, is laughing um, at Young Justice and gets like hit in the mouth with three arrows mid laugh. Oh yeah, because of the arrowette. Rhino- God, uh-huh. we didn't even discuss arrowette. She doesn't really have a lot to do, other than at one point she's like, "Am I cool in the main universe?" And they're like, "You're not actually a superhero anymore." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you retired yeah. at your in your teen years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was a good hit. It was just drawn really well and had some nice, nice timing. I love, I love when villains like get a, get a good hit when, when they're laughing. Like, yeah, that's always good. It, it's always nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's all. That's our accolades sorted. Mm-hmm. We made it through. Yeah. Thanks again to Christopher Glennon for requesting this one. Once I got a handle on who Young Justice was, it was a much more enjoyable read. I will tell you that I didn't get a handle on who Young Justice was until they all returned to their normal personas at the end of the event. And then I went back and reread it and was like, oh, now this all makes sense. (laughs) Well, we will have more Young Justice that takes place two years before this in the future. We really timed uh, those episodes well. Definitely uh, wouldn't have wouldn't have helped me at all to read the other one before this one. <laughs> uh, this one was requested first, and I figured out of the, the out of the, that's just the way it works. I know, I know, it just happens that way. Yeah. Uh huh. Well, anyway, thanks again for listening. If you want to get a hold of us, you can follow us on Twitter or Facebook at Chris's Pod. You can email us at Chris's on Infinite Earths at gmail dot com. Our Patreon rewards have uh, been. One dollarized, although you, One dollarized. Can, you can get whatever you want, but the only current bonus that we are doing is shouting your name out on the show if you are a new donor. Mm-hmm. So you can mm. donate to us on Patreon or on Ko-fi, uh, but our bigger incentives have been cut out of the picture because we are ending the podcast. Yeah, it's looking like June. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can also support Chris and I over at the Comics FXF uh, Patreon as well. That's true. We do split that money literally evenly. Mm-hmm. It is very, <laughs> very communal. Lovely. Mm-hmm. And until next time, slay your enemies and all you desire shall be yours. <laughs>